in Staten Island. Bring your child for a free haircut while supplies last. Plus, enter to win cool prizes for back to school. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers. The hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Instagram, it's Lisa Evers Live. Google Plus, Lisa Evers. And of course, you can get free audio. That's the podcast, the show audio of all our Street Soldiers episodes for the last two years. You can hear it right on LisaEvers.com. Very easy, all hooked up. Jeffrey Thacker hooked it up. TJ uh, made it that way for us so uh and right after this show you can hear this show again if you missed it and also now's a good time to text your family and friends around the country we're streaming live on hot97.com and uh taking your phone calls phone lines are open at 1-800-223-9797 our topic this episode is education versus incarceration if the school system that you happen to go to was better if you happen to be more on a track for higher education would that have prevented you from getting in trouble on the streets in the first place that's our question for you 1-800-223-9797 is there a direct direct link if you the more educated you are the less likely you are to get caught up in the prison industrial system 1-800-223-9797 that's 1-800-223-9797 on twitter hashtag education and we've got a great panel to talk about this i'm going to get right to them joining us in studio basil smichael jr he's a political and policy analyst. He has his own firm, uh, Basil Smichael Associates. You've seen me interview him for Fox 5. He's been on New York One. He's been on every major cable uh, station talking about politics and also education and many of the key issues. He is an adjunct professor at Columbia University. And uh, Basil, thank you so much for being right. with us. It's good to be here. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Sergio Argueta. He is a counselor. He is a college professor. He knows what is going on on the streets. He works with many youth who are at risk and tries to keep them from getting caught up in prison, long prison bids, and uh, get them educated and get them, you know, living productive lives, happy lives, and, and doing things in our community. And uh, he's got his own organization, Strong, as well, on Long Island. Serge, thanks for being with us again. We appreciate Lisa, it. Lisa, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Sonia Davies. She's a mental health counselor, and she works primarily with young men. Sonia, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Also joining us is Luis Tejada. He's a college professor, and he is a candidate for the 31st District for State Senator. Lewis, thank you so much for being with uh, us. Thank you for inviting me today. We really appreciate it. And also joining us is Terrell Blount. He was incarcerated, got his college education at Rutgers. We're going to find out what that was all about. And uh, Terrell, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Basil, I want to start with you on this. There are some studies, which not everyone agrees with, that show a direct link between education and incarceration. What do you? Where do you think the truth lies? No, I, I think, uh, listen... If you have a great or even a good educational experience, the chances of you doing something that will get you incarcerated are significantly less. You know, when you drop out of school, for example, it's not a spontaneous decision. It's something that happens over time. You go to school, you don't like school, you don't see 
um, a, a connection to you spending a few hours a day in class and what that's going to do for you once you graduate. Um, you don't if you don't if you if there's no one helping you make that connection, whether it's family, whether it's friends, peers, or the teachers of the schools themselves. It's going to impact your ability to say, well, you know, I'm going to think a little long term. I'm going to be patient and let this let this educational experience pay off for me down the road. Or do I want something more immediate? And at which point, especially if you're if you're, you know, influenced by certain types of folk, um, it's going to cause you to make certain decisions that will reject your educational experience and go in another direction. And to say very briefly, when I was 12 years old, I was shot by a 14 year old. Because he wanted me to sell drugs for him, and I said no, and I kept saying no, and you know I didn't tell my mother about it because you know she wouldn't let me outside the house ever again. But the reality is that at that point I said, you know what, I'm going to keep my head in a book because that's going to keep me away from a certain experience, push me in a, in another direction, and that will that will allow me to sort of expand my horizons, expand my perspective, and realize that there's so much out there available to me that I can take advantage of. Let me do what I need to do to go get that. All right, Sergio Argueta, um, college, prof- college professor, youth counselor, youth advocate with your organization, Strong. What about what Basil's saying in terms of the, the pressure there? Here he is, 12 years old, getting pressured, to getting shot for not selling drugs. The, you know, that, that pressure is real, and, and it translates. You know, the fact that we're celebrating 50 years of, of Brown v. versus the Board of Ed, but 50 years later we are living in segregated schools that are the exact same, if not more segregated, than they were back in 1954. You know, that it, it's uh, uh, 64, I'm sorry. These are the, the, the serious tragedies, and if we're not arming our kids and preparing them with the knowledge that they need, uh, you know, we're going to continue to lose them. 68% of all inmates in state and federal prison don't have a high school degree. So anyone saying that there is no correlation is clearly confused. And unfortunately, we live in a, in a, in a situation where predominantly African-American Latino kids are going to inferior schools, schools that have been militarized. You want to talk about schools with, you know, brand new uh, metal detectors, airport screening machines and police officers patrolling hallways uh, when in reality, you know, making higher salaries than teachers uh, with PhDs and and master's degrees, Um, you know, but they don't have heat in the in the in the winter. They don't have air conditioning in in 90 degree weather while, while teachers are supposed to teach. No books, no real technology. Uh, these are the real, you know, this is sort of what we really need to address. If we want to get serious about arming our kids and preparing them, um, you know, we, we, we need to do a lot more. Sonia Davy, mental health counselor, you work with a lot of young men. What does it do if they're constantly, they're coming up in schools, a school system or schools that are more like prison camps where they're coming in, they have to be totally checked. They're, that The emphasis is on basically not having crimes committed as opposed to what's going on in the classroom. Well, a lot of the guys that I talked to and all of them, every last one of them that have left school, they all regret it. Every one of them. And I asked them, what was your school experience like? Because by the 10th grade, that's when everyone seems like they're leaving. And a lot of them complain either that they have teachers that they feel don't care or they don't feel like they can connect. You have to realize, too, some of them, if they've had challenges with learning early on, they already are having this anxiety about the classroom. And if you have a teacher or you have staff that are not sensitive to that, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not bright. They may have to just learn a little differently. I ask, you know, a lot of them not aware of their learning styles. And but they have become so disenfranchised with the classroom because either someone has said something to insult them and that's stuck with them. 
I've had guys who who have not been comfortable sitting in a group setting in our therapeutic group because of what happened in the classroom. So people. So do you ha- think there's a, there's a, a disconnect between the teachers and the students? Some of in them, terms yeah, a lot. R- racial and cultural sensitivity. I think both. Absolutely. I've had pr- principals that said that their staff need cultural sensitivity. So yes, it's it's definitely there. I definitely know because I'm well versed in private school settings where my son went, and then I look at, and that's why I'm so passionate about these. What's going on in the classrooms? Because it's, it's the difference, and it's all because of the dollar. Becomes, it comes down to the dollars. Mm-hmm. Louis Tejada, you've been a, an educator for more than 20 years. What do you see happening to our, especially to our, our young people? Well, uh, as experienced teachers, when I started uh, teaching school a long time ago, in the primary, um, the middle school, and then high school, then in college, I have experienced to see how the system have changed. Uh, in favor with our uh, students or the, our children in the neighborhood. But I think... Uh, we we are agree with the gentleman uh, Sergio, Sergio, Sergio. Uh, about the, the segregating school. So I'm um, I'm teachers and I'm teaching in, 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 on the in the neighborhood most immigrants Latinos and I see that for example uh, we have mo- less money than before for uh, special programs and uh, we have uh, cut for example in the last three, uh, three years more than 45 million dollars in District 6 in Town Manhattan um, so that reduce the, the possibility of the students our children uh, to get a better education not because uh, uh, only we have a good teachers uh, but education is more than being in the room sitting down right there and listening to teachers and, and learning how to write mathematics so we, have, we need to develop another part of the education and we're losing those resources so it means that we have no students uh, the resources to develop the education and the quality education that we need to to send those students those children to the college all right uh, Terrell Blount you, how old were you when you, you first got in trouble with the law I was 18. Um, that was my first charge. And by 19, I was sentenced and was downstate um, serving a six-year sentence. Um, education, I believe, especially in the prisons, college, college education is uh, very important. If you look at the numbers, um, it costs closely the $50,000 to incarcerate an inmate for a year. Um, it's way less to you know, provide that education in prisons. And um, if that person is not educated while inside, when they come home, the chances of them um, recidivating are higher. And you're continuously paying you know, our tax dollars to uh, keep these people incarcerated when you can spend less money trying to educate them, um, whether it's GED, high school diplomas, or taking it a step further to the associate's bachelor's degree, and that's what changed me and so many others. What What was the mindset that that changed within you from coming out, you know, finishing your prison term, and then going to Rutgers and getting your college education? Which congratulations on on getting Thank your you. degree. But what was the mindset change that had to happen there? It was my environment. Um, I when I was down, I, I looked around me and um, I saw. The, the people that I were around were less educated than me, but when I was home prior to my um, incarceration, I thought I was always the one that was, you know, the um, in the back of the class, the one that's less achieving than everyone else, and I thought I was the dumbest person on earth. And then I went from being that to being the smartest person on the tier, and everyone around me, I began educating and um, helping them read, uh, earn their GEDs and everything else, and it made me want more. Um, it was a gratifying feeling helping those, uh, you know, that knew less than me, but once I started doing it, I I wanted more for myself. You and got I more confidence. And if I could do five years in prison, I could do five years of school. Mm-hmm. And that was always That's my, my mantra right. the whole time. And Absolutely. I went on and did it. And now I'm studying for my master's. So. All right. In what field? Uh, public administration. 
That's excellent. That's great. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. And we've just been joined by one of our Street Soldiers, very special guests, and really Street Soldier family, the one and only Fat Joe, the very first hip-hop artist ever to come on Street Soldiers. So we're happy to have you here in the house Jesus today. Jesus Christ. Can you believe that, Serge? Give him that mic over there. I didn't realize, Stop acting all shy. I didn't realize like... it was at 8 in the morning. I was shaking my, my, you thought my, it was at my eight rear end last night, bro. It's fashion week. <laughs> and I know you're out there picking up. I'm going to give you some a chance to get some coffee. Let me bring in uh, one of the callers Beautiful. here. Get, get coffeeed up there. Um, let's bring in Jenks um, Morton. His website is whatblackmenthink.com. He's working on a study that he's questioning this education incarceration connection. Jenks, thanks for thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me back, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. So you're you're hearing what our guests are saying. What are you thinking? Well, as my as we're going through this narrative, I'll take it back, and this is not directly you know focused on your guests, but. There's a false dichotomy out there that basically it's like in a grandmother's old wives' tale. You know, if if you don't get educated, you're going to go to jail. That narrative is just it's just a false construct. It's kind of been used by uh, policy advocates, especially now. I'm not going to say that there is not an incarceration problem, but the dichotomy of saying that either you're going to either go to jail if you don't go to school, and if you don't go to school, you're going to go to jail. It just doesn't exist. And the other part of really? of the other part of what I'm working on right now is that there's never been a study or a survey or a meta-analysis to try to ratify this other narrative, which is the uh, cradle-to-prison or school-line-to-prison pipeline. It just doesn't exist. But the, I was a part the of that government- pipeline. The what? I was pipeline? a part of that pipeline. I barely earned my, my high school diploma before being incarcerated. I and hear what you're saying. The I hear argument what isn't that if you don't I hear get what education, you're saying. All right, go ahead, Terrell. The argument isn't that if you don't get an education prior that you're going to go to jail. That's not that's not true. It's people with um, degrees that, you know, go to prison the same way there's people without that go to prison. But if you're inside, um, I think over 65% of them do not have an education. So that's the point, because everyone's inside, everyone that inside, for the most part, do not have um, high school education. And the percentage, and how are you going to get employment? And that's the biggest thing. They guys are not able to get employed because they don't have basic skills. There's some that are graduated with low reading skills. So if you don't have your high school diploma... You're, you're not going to qualify for those right, jobs. But let, me let, let, me, let me let Jenks uh, finish his point here so make sure we understand him completely. Go ahead, Jenks. I'm sorry. Well, two things. One... Um, the percent of black men who do not have a high school diploma is it's marginal now. It's very insignificant. It's less than 8%. But of that 8%, yes, you do have a high percentage of that those individuals uh, going to the, um, you know, the prison system. I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that if you go do the interviews inside of the prison system, we, we, a we, lot, a we. lot, a lot, can I finish? A lot of them do not have their high school diplomas. What I'm more concerned about is your, your caller was, was, or your guest was saying this earlier, is that when you begin to ratify the perceptions of what it means to be a black man, as opposed to fulfilling the stereotype of that, um, he said, I think it's like, I thought I was the dumbest. And then he comes back and realizes, well, no, I'm actually not. When you understand what normative outcomes for black men are, then you begin to fulfill that stereotype. If your perception is, is that it is ordinary, normal, that one out of four, um, four out of ten black men go right from high school to college right now, that that's what, that's what the message should be as opposed to like one out of three may go to jail. That messaging needs to change because we constantly are driving the perception of black male identity towards the deficit that 
We are less than. We're not equal. Okay, what about his point? All right, what about that point? You can frame the issue however you'd like, you know, in terms of looking at a a glass half empty or half full. Yeah, but wait, this is more than half, though, Serge. If you're saying saying 92% of black men graduate high school. What we're saying is that there's a 2.3 million prison population currently in the U.S. The majority of them, the overwhelming, we're talking about more than 61, 62%, even though we only, blacks and Latinos only make up 30% of the population, close to two-thirds of that population are currently incarcerated. And when we talk about schools that look like prisons, that have less resources, when we talk about militarizing schools and criminalizing our youth, we have kids that are getting in trouble for behavioral issues and they're now ending up in front of judges and are disproportionately sentenced to much harsher penalties than their white counterparts. So we're not and, saying that yeah. this does not exist. You know, and, and, and I, I'm not saying that it doesn't oh, exist. That's I not mean, what I said yeah, at all. I think part of the, the the conversation here is a question of correlation versus causation. That's right. right. Like Correct. What, what actually causes uh, folk to to go the go get more incarcerated, or or is there just a high correlation of African American and Latino folks that don't have uh, college degrees that are in prison? But I think if even if you look at the correlation aspect of this, um, you have to you still have to think about what. Uh, behaviors not just uh, not just involving the individual but what um, what infrastructure what in, how the institutions behave that sort of push those that are incarcerated to that route so when Serge talks about school to prison pipeline there is a lot of research that says that the high rate of suspensions among African American Latinos in school actually leads them to more encounters with law enforcement. So you you end up criminalizing a lot of behavior of young African American Latino kids. Okay, let me, let me bring it let me bring in Nicole from Jersey here. Phone lines are blowing up one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. Twitter at Lisa Evers, hashtag education. Nicole, what's your point? Thanks for calling in. Hey Nicole. Nicole. Okay, we lost the Okay, we lost Nicole. The, her point was that basically that uh, white collar crime is committed by people with college educations and with master's degrees. That's true. It, it's it's not to say that there aren't people with an education in prison. That's and I think that's what Jenks is saying as well. But I, I think one of the things that we're talking about here today is why are there so many of us in prison? Why is it such a high percent? Why is there this industry around? Uh, around the around uh, incarceration and it and it so negatively impacts communities of color. And people. But, but Sonia, Lisa, what about, Lisa, yeah, can I compliment that yes. right there? Yes, because this this will make I want to make this crystal clear. As your as your your guest just said, why are there so many of in prison? What Jenks Morton comes from the point of why are there so many of us in college? That conversation is not happening as a community. That again. The normative outcome for young black, an 18-year-old young black male, is not to go to jail. The normative outcome is to go to college. And we, if we begin to change our message, and we're always talking about the, the cradle of prison pipeline, the incarceration, the prison industrial complex, uh, the disproportionate and uh, um, refutable fact that black men are highly more involved in the criminal justice system, but everybody's got that memo. What young black men do not have is an understanding that the expectation and the statistics bear out that they have a higher probability of being a success as opposed to being a failure. So you're saying, you're saying we need, instead of focusing out of this number that everybody knows now by heart, unfortunately, one out of three black men end up with contact with the criminal justice system. We should be focusing on four out of ten black men go to college. 
that yeah, correct. I'm not saying that they cannot exist, that coexist. What I'm saying is the conversation is the majority of it. Are you saying it's reinforcing, Sonia, is that reinforcing negative stereotypes? Yes. And is it lowering people's expectations? I'm going to give you a perfect example. Perfect example. I had a parent contact me last week. Her son started charter school. This is a single mom, just got her her college education. Wonderful young woman. Her son is five years old. He came from an unstructured preschool, so he was fortunate to get into a charter school, but he just had, he hadn't gotten acclimated. Do you know by the third day of school they suspended him? A five-year child the third day of school so you have to think of the mindset that you're setting for these kids and that's why when we early talked about the staffing and everyone if you don't create that mindset you set them up internally to be doomed for failure because I've only had one guy one uh, white collar crime but all the rest of my caseloads all the rest of the clients I've worked with have been have left school and you have to say that's one of the reasons why I teach parent workshops, a lot of parent workshops. And I do have a workshop for young for students, that's so especially at risk students. Well, so what, that, what do you say to mother, do mothers and fathers right now who are listening that have kids five, six, seven years old at that age? You, group? Do, you have to first of all, you have to set. I have to fight for your child. You too? have to first fight for the mindset that you set in your child. You have to set high expectations very early early and outweigh what they're going to hear in the streets. I'm a single mom too, but my son at 22 was in Forbes.com twice because of the mindset that I created very early of success. You have to do that because they are going to they're going to have, your mindset that you set for your children has to counteract what they hear in the streets, but it's also a responsibility of the teachers as well. Yeah, and Everyone. I'll, and I'll say very briefly, just to, and I'll, I'll actually defend Jenks in, this, in mm-hmm. one point. There is, all the data shows, there are more black men in college than in prison. That is true. And there are more black men going to college than there are going to prison. That is true. Uh, one of the th- problems, though, is that not only that there are a lot of black men and Latino men going to college, but not staying in college. They're getting packaged, they're getting packaged to go, but they're not getting packaged to stay. So there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, so, so I just some kind of disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me bring Fat Joe in here. Okay? I happen to think that everybody's right. I happen to think that everybody's right. I uh, can't disagree with nobody up here, but uh, we can't sugarcoat it either, too, brother, on the phone, because you say we can't say that we can't. We can't just make up some fantasy either. Like I'm, this is re- not fantasy. The, I know, but the reality, the reality, this is, is reality. The reality is, people are going to jail, and some people are graduating from college. And the truth is that most people who do go to college and graduate are more more likely to succeed than a kid who drops out in seventh grade, right? And most likely to make better wages and more money if he graduates from college than dropping out in eighth grade. So at the end of the day, everybody is right here. What, what you also need to look at is the youth being targeted at such a young age and getting arrested before they even know what's going on in their lives to where they can even compete in the workforce. So we got to look at that also. So you both have a valid point, but I'm just being honest. I don't like to 
sugarcoat things. I could give them the, the both versions, and then we'll just leave it at that. Like we need to tell people we are at risk. We need to go get educated, and at the at the same time, commend the young brothers and sisters who are going to college. Professor Louis Tejada and state senate candidate for Uptown in the in the Bronx. Also, in terms of the, the the Latino community, there's special there's special issues that face our Latino in our Latino community as well. Yeah, uh, uh, this is very important to understand that education is not only to go to to go to college and graduate. It's, it's just a process from since the the little then they are little children in in the house and we have to prepare the parents. Then we have to do to create the basis to to be successful first in the first year, which one is the most important in the, in the educational process uh, process uh, process the education. So it means that if we have a good. Uh, uh, education at the beginning, good resources, art, music, then they're going to be, before eighth grade, they're going to be successful in high school. Then we are, they're, re- they're going to be ready to go to college. But what is the problem that we have right now is the budget cut. So they're cutting money. And they give it to the charter school that happened just a couple of months ago. So wh- why the state of New York uh, giving more money to charter school than in public school when, when, where most of our students go? So it means that all the poor, poverty area that we have in the city is getting more poor, they, is, is getting less resources. There are resources. Like, for example, they, they uh, approved uh, $450 million to charter school. And they give it all the rights to get inside the, the public school. And uh, the, the children, that they don't have the same uh, opportunity to have the same, uh, the same high grade, uh, uh, high quality education. So it means that we have to to fight for for the whole process. Also, we have to include the parents. The parents, most of the immigrants, they don't know the system. They don't know how the the, the, the educational system works. So so we have to work together. This is an experience that I have working with the Mirabar Sister Community Center, the organization that I founded in 2000, to work with parents, immigrant parents in, the, in uptown Manhattan, so to engage them to be part of the process. So this is uh, also uh, another thing is the, is the, the, the tuition. Every every year we have a high uh, uh, high tuition in college, so it means that the students when they graduate say, "No, I prefer to go out to find a job, to do something else." Then to go into debt, then to go into debt for all that. All right, let me take some for one eight hundred two two three ninety seven. It's called a working poor, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) You you wind up. I think Obama was going for president, talking about he still owes twenty grand in student loans. (laughs) I think it's paid off now, though. One eight hundred two two (laughs) three. He's paid. He's paid and he'll be paid. 1-800-223-9797. Hot 97 Street Soldiers. Education versus incarceration. I'm going to see what our guests have to say about racial discrimination in the school system as well because there was a major national study that said New York City has the most segregated schools in the United States, worse than the South. Mm. So we're going to see what our guests have to say about that. But let's get some uh, phone calls in here before TJ. Can Can I take one phone call? Thank you, TJ. Before he cuts us off here for a little short break, let's go to Derek from the Bronx right now. Derek, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Uh, good, morning. Uh, good morning. Pretty much, you know, you guys are making a whole lot of valid points. But where it starts is the parents. I mean, a whole lot of these things are being started with these schools and being passed as far as funding because the parents aren't involved to stop it. You see people Absolutely. protesting all kinds of things in all kinds of places, but you don't see much protesting about education. 
It, all right, that, good, it, good point. Let's see what our guests have to say. Serge, what it's, about that? It's, it's all connected, right? We can't be looking at these complex issues with a myopic view. There's this perception that our kid, that, that the parents in our, in our communities are failing. Let's talk about today's struggles that let's talk about parent. Let's talk about a yeah. single parent, father or mother, <laughs> who's working like two jobs. and Forget single. Let's talk about two Couples, parents right. trying to make it out there. Let's talk about, you know, and it goes exactly. back to this. What we're dealing with is, and, and we saw this happen in the 70s, you know, in, in Nixon's war on drugs, followed up by, you know, Know, the, the, the resentencing guidelines being changed during the Reagan administration. We are talking about kids that were arrested, grew up in prison, got kicked, well, got kicked out of school, grew up in prison, then come back and these and they have children. And they have, you know, and, and these are the things that no one wants to talk about. As a as a father, you know, I can tell you that I know for a fact my partner and I are providing a solid foundation for our five-year-old daughter going into six. But I also know that basically moving from one community to another gave her exponential uh, 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 privilege over her over us uh, another Latina that grew up in the same community I did. When you when I look at my life, you know, 18 years ago tomorrow, one of my closest friends was gunned down. The first time I had to suffer the loss of a brother, right? Ironically, I, I look at the people I was growing up with. Or in jail, incarcerated, the few that are successful businessmen that made their own way did so by breaking free of that criminal lifestyle in spite of not being educated, not as a result of the educational system. And that's what we need to address. All right. And what we need to address right now is Hot 97, where hip hop lives and with the hottest free tickets. Listen all weekend to win tickets to the Source Magazine 360 concert on September 20th at the Barclays Center, starring Wu Tang, Lil Kim, Dipset, Bone Thugs in Harmony, Remy Mob. Welcome back, Remy. And and more. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. Twitter at Lisa Evers, hashtag education. And if you're just tuning in right now and you wanted to, you missed the earlier part of the show, you can hear it right after the show and all our other Street Soldiers episodes from the past two years on LisaEvers.com. All free, free, free. We'll be right back. Ebron in the morning with Laura Styles and Roseburg. Yeah. Every family is dysfunctional. I am excited for our weekend together, a little bummed out by the rain, but to be honest, ours is no different. My wife boobs are out of control. Talk about it. They look amazing right now. I'm the sure, other day... I'm sure she loves the fact that you're talking about it on My the wife has movie boobs. Like when you were a kid <laughs> and they would show nudity in a movie, you'd be like, oh my God, those boobs are amazing. That's my wife now. A <laughs> movie boobs. <laughs> Stunting on my, with my wife's boobs. Ebro in the morning. With Laura Styles and Rosenberg. Weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. on Hot 97. If you love the haves and have-nots on OWN, Tyler Perry's got something new for you. It's his hot new sexy drama if loving you is wrong an hour full of lies deceit and scandal this neighborhood of husbands wives and friends entangled in love life and heartbreak are gonna hook you and keep you coming back for more it is so good the all-new tyler perry's if loving you is wrong premieres tuesday at 9 p.m only on own hot or iced just the same price why do you keep singing that because mcdonald's has any size hot or iced coffee or sweet tea for just a buck Say I want a medium hot McCafe coffee on my way to work, just a dollar. Cool. Or if I want a small caramel iced coffee, just a buck or even a I work. get it. I get it. It's any size hot or iced coffee or sweet tea for a dollar. Any size hot or iced coffee or sweet tea for just a dollar. There's something for everyone to love at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. A la carte only. Hot or iced. Man, she got that stuck in my head. Man, I'm going to McDonald's. How do you take your coffee? Uh, bacon, griddle cakes. Huh? Egg, cheese, one sugar. Oh, you want a bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles with your coffee? Yeah. Huh. Well, 
what you do without me. I was sleeping. What? I mean, you complete me. There's something for everyone to love at McDonald's. Grab your favorite breakfast sandwich, or for a limited time, get two sausage McGriddle sandwiches for only three dollars. Prices and participation may vary. See store for details. Here's a dose of reality. Colder weather is on its way. Hopefully, not inside your house. That's why the Home Depot now has select special order Anderson windows and patio doors for 10% off. So, let's stop winter cold with top quality windows, patio doors, and a very real 10% savings. Let's do this. Special order Anderson windows and patio doors, 10% off. More saving, more doing. That's the power of the Home Depot. Valid through September 10th. U.S. only. See store for details. Not all girls are made of sugar and spice and everything nice. Some of us are made of engine oil and transmission fluid. Plus parts and advice from AutoZone. Because I'm a woman who can bake you a pie and change your brake pads. Get a 5-quart jug of Valvoline conventional motor oil and an STP oil filter for only $22.99. Plus a $7 AutoZone gift card by man. Get in the zone. AutoZone. C-Store for restrictions and details. The hottest deals are here. SansoneHyundai.com. All with America's best warranty. The 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and Hyundai Assurance. SansoneHyundai.com. Guaranteed financing for all, plus up to $5,000 off dealer posted price. SansoneHyundai.com. Sansone Hyundai, Route 1 in Woodridge or online at SansoneHyundai.com. I'm sure people buy cars elsewhere. I just don't know why. Hello. Hi, I just signed up for your credit report site and I have a problem. I need to speak with your fraud resolution department. Please hold. Uh, we don't have that. What should I tell the human? Just make that super annoying modem noise. Hello? Classic. Not all credit report sites are equal. Become an Experian.com member to get personalized help plus broad resolution support with enrollment in Experian Credit Tracker. What up? This is Trey Songz and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people only on Hot 97. Good thing he did a drop because I didn't get to do the nana on the Summer Jam stage. Anyway, welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. Twitter, at Lisa Evers, hashtag education. We're talking about education versus incarceration. Are some of our schools programming our children, particularly in communities of color, to the prison pipeline? That's our question, 1-800-223-9797. And uh, how do you get a good education if you're in a neighborhood where... The choices are very few and far between. Joining us in studio, Basil Smichael Jr. He's a political and policy analyst. He has his own firm, Basil Smichael Associates. You've seen me interview him on Fox 5 News. He's been on pretty much every single cable channel analyzing political races. And he's an adjunct professor at Columbia University. Also with us, Sergio Argueta. He is a college professor, works with Youth at Risk, has his own nonprofit organization, to help uh, gang members and former gang members get get its you know get on the right path there and get out of trouble, called strong. Also with us is Sonia Davy. She's a mental health counselor. The one and only Fat Joe is with us here. Very impressive that you're here this early in the morning. We really appreciate. It. We really and, during and Fashion Week. And this young woman to the left of me can can verify that I smell amazing. You do. You look amazing, Joe. You always look amazing. Come on, it's like I'm always like in a music video here. Except no baby blue fur today. It's a little too cold. No no bling and no baby it's blue hot. fur. It's, it's too hot. hot. Also joining us, Sonia Davy, mental health counselor. She works with a lot of young men and parents. Louis Tejada, he's a college professor and a candidate 
for state senate in the 31st district. That's and uh, big uptown. talk about Louis Tejada uptown. Oh big yeah, what are, what are they saying about Louis Tejada <laughs> uptown? People in the streets. He was educated. People, you know, they tired of what's been going on in uptown Washington Heights. The rents are going up. The 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 the, the people who own businesses are getting pushed out. You know, that's a whole nother story. Yo, yesterday that I, I put out on Instagram, they're stealing the tide from the grocery stores. I mean, oh, well. you know. <laughs> Times is and that's messed up. The lady sells me the tide all the time. <laughs> all right, I'm joking. I'm joking. He's, we're joking. We're joking. All right. Also with us is Louis Tejada, college professor, and as I said, uh, candidate in the 31st district for state senate. Uh, Terrell Blount. He was formerly incarcerated. Now he's a uh, has his college degree from Rutgers. He's going for his master's in public administration, and um, also. On the phone with us is Jenks Morton. His website is What Black Men Think. He's an author, activist, filmmaker, and uh, commentator. And uh, let's go right now real quick to Jesse Hamilton. He's a candidate for the New York State Senate in Brooklyn in the 20th District. And Jesse, thanks for joining us. I know you just got a couple minutes because you're on the campaign trail, but we wanted to touch base with you on this uh, whole topic of education here. What what, what are your thoughts? Uh, thank you, Lisa. Um, I was a school board president at one time in District 17, and uh, at the law school, like, I was fortunate enough to grow up in lecture housing uh, to get my law degree, my MBA. I'm a state-certified appraiser, and I'm also licensed in justice states and trust taxation from NYU. What we, what we do is we have a strong parental involvement component. Uh, and when you have a strong parental involvement component, the parents are engaged, the students get more engaged, and we raise the math and reading scores. We have the fifth-best school in New York State. Uh, that was public school 161, the Crown School for Law and Journalism. And we have another school, which we, which is four years uh, in the making. It's called the New American Academy. And the difference with the New American Academy is that you have four master teachers with 60 students. And those, so you have a 15-to-1 student-teacher ratio. And those 60 students stay with those cluster teachers from the first to the fifth grade. And that first through fifth grade is the foundation. What's happening now, teachers are doing their job, but there's a deficiency with the student they get passed on to the next teacher in the second grade, third grade, fourth grade. When they get to middle school, they realize they have a deficiency that wasn't addressed. And by then, and it's the, too. And by then, it's kind of too late to play catch up. As, as young as that is, it's too late. It's too late to play catch up, and and that's what, what's, what's happening. So uh, we need to, to change how we teach our kids. Uh, we have a formula that works. It's not a charter school. Uh, the kids are excelling, and this this school is in East Flatbush. And now we have parents coming from Prospect Heights, Kensington and Park Slope coming into the program uh, because they realize they want a nurturing environment where the children can start an assignment in the first grade and continue it fourth and fifth grade. So that's what we're trying to do, uh, change how we're teaching our young children, and they also have uh, mentoring. Uh, A friend of mine in law school, uh, David Banks, you have to have teachers uh, in the schools and more parental involvement in in making things happen. All right, and Jesse, so you're a candidate for New York State Senate 20th District. Tell us uh, which neighborhoods that encompasses in Brooklyn there. Uh, we have one of the most diverse uh, districts in uh, in New York State. We go from Sunset Park to Park Slope to Gowanus to Prospect Heights, Crown Heights, Flatbush, 
East Flatbush, and Brownsville. All right, listen, thank you very much for calling in. We appreciate it. That's Jesse Hamilton, candidate for New York State Senate, 20th District in Brooklyn. Remember, Tuesday is primary day. If you're registered with a particular political party, you can uh, register, you can vote on Tuesday, 913. Remember, Hot 97 Street Soldier found to have hip-hop votes. Got to get registered, you know, even though it's not a a big presidential, uh, presidential race. Let's take some phone calls here. We have people hanging out. Let's go to Einig from Brooklyn. Is it Einig or Eng? Hello? Hello? Yes, is this... I, I'm sorry, I don't have your name right. Oh, it's Ian. Ian, okay. All yes, right. hi. How you doing, Lisa? Um, Speaking of spelling... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually... It's all right. They, it, they're, so, they're so sloppy with phone calls, and there's so many calls you know, uh, coming in right now. Go ahead. What's your point, Ian? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm actually um, a new teacher at a charter school in Brooklyn. And um, like Mr. Jesse just said, as a perfect segue, I, I really believe that it is the parents' involvement. We have a lot of parents that are super involved, with their child's education. And then we have a lot of other parents that are, they, they basically use or rely on TV, media, and school to raise their kids. Maybe, you know, some of the times they are single households where they don't have the time. I, I, I know I have a lot of uh, parents that work overnight, and then uh, some parents that work during the day and overnight, but it, it, it comes down to the parents' involvement. I was fortunate enough to have two parents, both my parents, from well, you know that instilled the discipline and what, what you know what we need to do in this lifetime to be successful. It doesn't necessarily mean you have the you know schools cut out for everybody, but you, they need that foundation, that parent, that parental foundation, like instill. All right, you, know, you, 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 you raised a yes. good point about the uh, about the parents. Thank you, thank you so much for the call. I have uh, I've my experience with working with a charter school. Uh, not working with charter schools, the co-locations, because I'm not against the charter school because uh, they have the right to to run the education in the city. But the co-location means that they put another school, a private school, in, in the public school, which uh, create a big problem between the, uh, the public students and charter school students. Uh, something very important that we have to to take an account of to, for this is that the charter school, for example, in our neighborhood in Uptown Manhattan, they don't take a bilingual students. 95% of the students are bilingual. Exactly. Yeah, they, they don't take a, a students, a, a special ed- a student. We have a lot of st- a, a special education students. So they don't accept the tenants. Which is a whole other topic about yes. who gets tracked into so that. So they don't, they, don't, they don't take the, 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 the problem as, uh, means that the union. Is, is, but the something else that I want to beside this is the, the back to the, what we were talking before is the, the cut. There's a budget cut. This is very important because education means money. So we pay the taxes and they have to be. But they say, they say in New York State, Basil's Michael, that there is a lot of money there, that there's a lot yeah, of money well, per student. Money. So there something is, There is money per student, but the reality is that just throwing a lot of money at, 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 at students in, in the schools itself doesn't necessarily guarantee the success of the school. I have, a, I have a statistics here. So the cuts in the last four years, they say that 59% of the school reaches increased class sizes. Mm. You know? But 16% reduce art classes and 20% reduces music classes. So 17% reduces advances on homework classes. 31% uh, reduces right, Lewis, I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting very depressed yes, with that. Yes, Let's please. go to Eddie so right now. Means, uh, no, there's, uh, everybody we, knows we that there's it. been cuts. So in order pay- to prepare the students for college, we have to be, like I mean, it's the gentleman said before, so the early classes are very important. No, every class is important. Let's go to, to Eddie from Jersey right now. Eddie, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? Yeah, like I said, you know, I wanted to tune into the conversation because, you know, I know it's rough out there for the school system and all that. I did 16 years in prison, and when I went to prison, you know, there was a, a, a education system in place. There was an opportunity to get college and all that. While, while and, you were locked down, while you were doing a bid. I, 
Right. Yeah, I, I did some scenes for robbery, armed robberies, and at the time, like I said, I was able to get, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to get a college degree and, and through the Bronx Community College Program, and at the end of the day, I came home a better person. My ways of thinking changed. I was no longer thinking like the way I was, and the reason was because, you know, education opened my eyes to a lot of things. It let me expand and, and, and think narrow as opposed to thinking broader i was able to keep my eye on on, on what i wanted and I, was, and I stayed focused however now the prison system as in as in this in, in the city system have taken away the program okay but there and are there are there are some i just i, I want to just jump in there because we did a show on this uh, a couple of months ago there are some pro, some prisons and some systems or some uh some pilot programs and some colleges do have degree programs, not to the extent that they were before, but they're trying to bring that back. Exactly. Terrell. I, I'm actually a missions counselor for, um, through Rutgers University, but as far as um, initiative called the New Jersey Scholarship and Trans- Transformative Education in Prisons, or NJSTEP, and um, what we actually do, it's a consortium that was uh, formed at the top of college and colleges and universities in Jersey, and we all provide um, college education courses within the prison, so inmates who qualify for the program or eligible they could take the um, college credits, and they're real college credits. So when you um, return home, you know there's not any discrepancies with getting the, tra- the um, credits transferred over. And we also um, assist them with their two-year and four-year degrees. So it's definitely opportunities in Jersey. It's a wonderful program, and it's actually before it was formed. Um, you know, I was I was already a student, but I work there now, doing the same thing, motivating, inspiring those who have come home because it can be uh, turned around. It can. can I, and what do you tell what do you tell them when you're trying to turn turn their mindset around like that as long as they dream as long as they have a dream no matter what it is if you want to be a marine biologist or you know a doctor no matter what it is i don't i don't worry or focus on telling them oh you can't get your license in this because you know they don't accept formerly incarcerated whatever it is as long as you have a dream then i could work from there and i'll help you find out your passion because that's what it's really about having finding your passion and then pursuing it that's all it is and i let them know that all the time Joe? Well, I happen to think his story's pretty amazing. It is, isn't it? And inspirational. Street Soldier listener, too. Nah, it's inspirational, man. I wanted to tell you that off the air, but it's great that I tell you on the air. Appreciate because uh, you took a wrong and made it a right. And actually notice that you have to come back and, and, and talk to the youth and the people incarcerated and help them. Um, but I'm going to tell you something that I see be, be, be deeper than education is the will to become someone. You never knew that you had it, but you always had it. There's a reason why we see Beyonce dancing in front of the mirror when she was three years old. Uh, someone like 50 Cent was supposed to be the uh, the bully in the neighborhood. Most likely to rob you, Lisa Evers, yes, right? Yes, that's right. Now, I'm being honest with you. And because of his gift of rap music and his desire to win... He's turned into the, one of the best businessmen we ever seen, and one of the and, uh, and humanitarian too. Yes, I want to say. So the point is that there's people who are going to get up whether they have an education or not. To be honest with you, and if they have the desire to make it, they truly are geniuses, and we can't just balance that on education or who's not educated. 
because you have to have the will to succeed and the determination. And that's what I find more and more when I look at people who are successful at a small business level or at a large business level. They're all people who said, listen, we're not going to live here forever. We're going to make it. We don't care. There's something better than Who's this. Who's going to stop us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Absolutely. All right, let me let me just bring in uh, Christopher Johnson, and we're going to be foc- let's focus on some uh, solutions and recommendations for for parents and for students as well too. Um, Christopher Johnson with GradesForLife.com. Thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. Hey, how are you? All right, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, and, and thanks a lot for having me on the show. Okay, I just wanted to give you a minute or two to really just tell people about your program there, where if kids get good grades, they can get free stuff. <laughs> right, Basic, right. Basically, so, um, you know, I got to sum it up. I got to sum it up. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Uh, yes, yeah, so our program is called uh, GraceForLife.com, and what it is, it's a social media platform. We're actually launching on September the 15th, and it's for students uh, K through 12. They actually go to the website. They upload their grades and social accomplishments. Social accomplishments being anti-bullying related, uh, volunteering, and anything of that nature, and they get points that they can redeem uh, discounts and prizes at different retailers. So basically what we're doing is we're working on forming national partnerships and local partnerships and really getting the community involved in education. You know, so I, I, I believe, you know, I was listening to the show, you know, I, I really stand by the point that it's not just education. And, and uh, also to plug what, uh, what Fat Joe was saying, you know, it's, it's really that, really taking the opportunities, taking advantage of opportunities. And, you know, that's what the website is, is teaching. All right, Christopher Johnson, gradesforlife.com. Thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. Lisa, Thank you. so it, it, mindset is, is important. Mm-hmm. The way they think early on is extremely important. And that's one of the reasons why I've had the workshops um, Motivate to Greatness at my Motivate to Greatness because you have to understand as parents as well as students that their mindset, just like Fedja was saying, is is key. And also you have to think, remember, everyone is not going to go to college as long as they get a form of education. Some people are going to go to um, vocational school. Some kids are going which to is get great. A, we need which trades. is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So we can't just make them feel that if you don't go to college, because I have to do un- undo a lot of that thinking for a lot of the guys. Well, I don't want to go to college. I said, that's OK. I tell them all the time, it's okay. You don't have to go to college, but you have to get a form of education so that you can become financially self-sufficient, and that's where they get stuck. And that's where I find a lot of my work is done helping them with that. And getting into a trade school. All right, let's bring in uh, let's bring into the conversation real quick uh, Dr. Michael Steele. He is the principal of the High School for Civil Rights and Law in Brooklyn. Dr. Steele, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Just real okay. quick, because we're uh, kind of running out of time here for the show, unfortunately. Um, just tell it, any advice that you have for, for students that are listening to the show oh, or definitely. parents? We, yeah, we just need to institute a variety of, of, of courses for students. We need to institute extracurricular activities so that our students actually will stay after school. The objective is to keep them out off the street. And we, we, we have to also focus on what is happening in the classroom. They, we have to change that approach. We have to use what is called cooperative learning, whereby we address the needs of all students and focus on the social skills of our kids. So, therefore, you know, we, we just have to change our, our, our mindset and provide our, our students with a mentorship, mentorship programs in the school, someone that can work closely with our kids and guide them throughout. Uh, you know, I, I, I also um, have PSAL activities in my school, and this is what really saved many of our kids that are involved in gangs. They took them off the street. They have ongoing activities throughout the summer, 
and that keeps them away from the street. And, and giving so, them different activities. It always comes down to this. People think it's too simple, but it, but it really is. Do- um, Dr. Steele, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I want to thank you so much for calling in. Hopefully, we can have you in the studio one time. It's my pleasure. All right. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Michael Steele, principal at the High School for Civil Rights and Law. Serge, he's talking about the whole gang issue, which is a, a big factor. Yeah, at least prior to prior to us going on break, you mentioned the fact that we live in a, in a state that has the most highest, segre- the, you know, the, the most segregated schools in the entire nation. And that's real. And, and, you know, I come from Long Island, one of the most segregated suburbs in the entire United States. And I grew up in a community called Hempstead that has a 38 percent graduation rate with a with great inflation. Uh, for the overall population and a 10% graduation rate for ELL, ESL students, you know, those that have recently arrived. Um, and we have a, a, a candidate that ran for the school board position, Maribel Terrain, actually won the election, but was robbed by someone who has been there for three decades, getting rich off of our kids. Uh, she had to sue the state. And, you know, we're now going to have a re-election, and that's the only way that we will combat the incompetence, the neglect, and that pipeline that we're talking about. And a lot of it, but you, and you mentioned the, the, the politics, too. I want to bring ba- ba- Basil in with this. The, the, a lot of these school issues, yes, it's very personal. It's the parents, like Sonia was saying, about uh, instilling this idea of excellence in their children, and you can be whatever you want to be, helping them dream. But there's also a lot of politics that goes into this whole education thing. That's that's absolutely right. And I'll, listen, listen, I do most of my research in politics and education, but I'll tell you, just like anything else, education is a business. Mm-hmm. It's, there's an industry around it, the testing industry, the textbook industry. Um, people are making a phenomenal amount of money. I want to know who owns the number two pencil. <laughs> Wait, so, so, so. <laughs> You're right. Oh, and Hall- so, right. And so, I mean, there is a tremendous probably business around this. Probably Halliburton. Yeah, well. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and, and the thing is that there are a lot of elected leaders and appointed leaders that if no matter what they're trying to make their bones on, education is the is the sort of football that they keep kicking around. And we end up layering policy after policy on top of one another to, to, in the hopes that this new one this year is going to fix everything. Right. And we've and we we just we never see that. But but you know they'll you know a lot of them will stand up and say, well, our kids graduate you know thirty percent more graduated this year than last year, so on and so forth. But the but the reality is that substantively, are we doing enough? to help all of the stakeholders involved? Are we doing enough to get the parents more involved? So even if you put more money into the schools themselves, even if you give the teachers a little bit more money, are you actually giving the parents the resources that they need to help their kids day in and day out when those kids come home and they need help with their homework or they or they, they need a little extra uh, uh, money or or. Uh, opportunity to go to the ice skating program or whatever after school. So there is a lot of politics around schools. There's a lot of politics around education. But I think the frustration is that year after year, all we do is layer the problem. We don't actually get to the heart of it. And doesn't the, it also the, have to do? Doesn't also have to do with like respecting the chi- the children too and well, understanding these are kids. When we talk about that segregation, the only way we combat that is with the ingenuity that Dr. Steele was talking about. Really thinking about the whole child and providing for that child from you know the cradle to the to the graduate degree, forget getting them to college. We got to think bigger and better. Not only that, but you know the the uh, the brother with the grades program. We need individuals, entrepreneurs. You know, we talked about fifty. We talk. I mean, it's a so pleasure it to be is. here next to Joe. Um, you know, it's it's so it's it them. Listen, it's them being able to support that listen, ingenuity that'll get us to move forward. According you know? to Social Security, people work forty five years. Ninety five percent of the people 
to make 5% of the people rich. Mm. 62% of the people are still struggling, which means if you work for a company for 40-something years, you still don't know whether you're going to buy food or pay the light bill. These are facts. Look them up. And when you don't get that high school degree, I mean, you know, when when you're born to someone who doesn't have a high school degree, you're actually going to do worse than future generations. No, I think... So so that's kind of what we need to chisel away at. All right, let me just uh, let Sonia finish. One, it up for us here with, with advice to the parents. Well, we talked about resources again. Why parents have to be involved? Because there was a recent recent um, statistic: for every four hundred and seventy one students, there's one guidance counselor. Mm. On average, yeah. so, so a lot, a lot have, of these issues. Right. So you that have to social work, right? So, so you and we didn't even talk about technology. We didn't exactly and the, and the racial that don't have labs. We're in a, a diver, labs. increasingly diverse world economy. So it's like you really need to ha- you need to have a multicultural education. And that diverse economy is forgetting about our children. You know, our African American Latino kids are not making it in there. We have to get you know we have to think about the collective good. People, you know, I mean, it it, it, it it's it's all in- inclusive. We need to talk about all these issues. The political structure the educational system and the fact that and we the whole thing out. all right i want to thank all of our guests for being with us for this episode of street soldiers which was made hot for you by metro plus health plan log on to hot97.com slash metro plus to register for your chance to win a trip to florida we thank them for sponsoring street soldiers also got to give a big shout out to wayne devonish 500 men making a difference in brooklyn for helping us with the family at the langston hughes houses in brownsville um, as a result of a story that aired on fox 5 a single Father of four children was able to get a three-bedroom apartment there in the Langston Hughes houses, right. and he helped them uh, get the furniture and stuff. So Wayne Devonish and all the guys at 500 Men, thank you so much for supporting us with that and helping us with that. Also, big shout-out to NBA star Gary Forbes. I was at the Strikeout Diabetes event this weekend, and uh, you know, congratulations on your career and also the great work that you're doing for young people trying to fight um, diabetes. Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about climbing the ladder, getting to the top, what it really takes. So if you have an unusual story, if you started, you know, like the, the song, start at the bottom, now I'm here. If you start, if you, that's your story and you're now a successful business person, you're now a successful entrepreneur. We're especially looking for people who are making money because this is what everybody's looking into right now and trying to do. If you have a story for us, hit up my executive producer, Tone Capone. That's Tone for Real at gmail.com. Tone, the number four real at gmail.com and tell us why you should be on this show. I want to thank everyone here at Hot 97. I want to say a special shout out to our former music director, the one and only Carly Hustle, who's moving on to uh, different adventures and enterprises and uh, who's always been a longtime supporter of the community. So Carly, I want to thank you so, so much for um, all the support of Street Soldier and we wish you a lot of luck. And of course, we want to thank our whole Hot 97 and my Street Soldiers team, our program director, Jay Dixon, our digital director, Jeffrey Thacker, our board op, board op and digital producer, the one and only TJ, my Street Soldiers executive producer, Tone Capone, associate producers, Amber Ravenel and Rose D. So thank you very much for all your support. If you want to hear this show, any other Street Soldiers show, LisaEvers.com. You can hear all the show audio there. You can see all my Fox 5 stories there. Well, most of them. And, uh, you know, you can find out what we're up to. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And see me on Fox 5 News tonight at 10, 5, 6, and 10 during the week. Like we, like we say, be a part of the show. Email Tone, Tone, the number four, real, at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. I need a ride, yeah.
You want to play ride or die, sir? Yeah. What are we trying to find out if Melissa will ride or die about? Scenario is the narc got me pulled over. She got to go to the crib and grab her work real quick. You have 30 seconds to convince her, okay? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, the narc got me pulled over right now with Sean. Go by the spot and grab all the work out of there. You better be f***ing joking. So you going? Whatever! Melissa! Where are you and what the f*** is going on? <laughs> he wanted to see if you were his ride or die. Yeah, well, we'll see for how much longer. What? Ebro in the morning with Laura Styles and Rosenberg on Hot 97. When my son's winning baseball,